on this week's 88 Problems of Sports Day 1 podcast brought to you by TheOhioSportsBlog.com. We have the Ohio State Buckeyes traveling to TCU to face the Horned Frogs on Saturday night in a top 15 matchup in college football. The Buckeyes' first test of the season, their first road test away from Ohio Stadium. So we'll break that down and see, preview that game. We're also previewing the Brown Saints at the Superdome. Uh, talking about Tyrod Taylor, what he needs to do this week to step it up, what the offense needs to do to keep him in the game, and can the Brownies get their first win in two years. We also have our fantasy players, who to play, who not to play, what matchup to exploit, which matchup to stay away from. That's all coming to you in our fantasy segment. And the NFL Lions, pick them. We like to pick against the spread. Last week I was 10-5, and 70%, and Charles was 8-7. and seven. Um, This week doesn't look like we have too many uh, – uh, disagreements, but stay tuned for that at the end of our podcast. And folks, if you stay with us, you'll make a lot of money this week. 88 Problems of Sports A1 podcast is brought to you by NCSD Apparel. They can be found at, on Twitter at NCSD underscore apparel. They were established this year in 2018. They make t-shirts from the 330. Represent Northeast Ohio everywhere you go with shirts from NC Sports Design. You can shop now at ncsportsdesign.com. They have a promo code NCSDNEW at checkout. Get 20% off your purchase for any new followers. That's NCSDNEW at checkout to get 20% off your purchase if you're a new follower. They have a great new shirt. Go to their Twitter site right now. They have a shirt. They have a Muni Lot shirt. I'm ordering this thing, getting 20% off right when we're done by entering the code N-C-S-D-N-E-W at checkout. This week is the week we've all been waiting for. It's the third week for the Buckeyes. They travel down to Fort Worth to face the TCU Horn Frogs at Jerry World. Charles, what are you expecting to see in this game? Um, you know, I expect to go around early on by the, T- um, by the TCU program because they're well-coached, um, always have been. But I eventually expect the Buckeyes to come out on top. Um, part of that is, is I know um, TCU, just like Ohio State, is breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, they are breaking in a completely new offensive line, and and that's tr- that spells trouble for me against Ohio State's elite defensive line. Um, I expect the defensive line to get put lots of pressure on TCU's quarterback, and for the secondary to force some turnovers, and eventually Ohio State runs away with this one. Yeah, TCU starting a, a new quarterback, Sean Robinson, dual threat quarterback, can throw it and run it. Um, I look for TCU. I'm with you. I think TCU put, gives them a little problem in the early going. It keeps it close, but uh, get a lead. Maybe TCU puts one on late. And um, I think Buckeyes won by a couple touchdowns down in uh, down in Fort Worth, down there in Jerry World. But um, I think you're correct. With the brand-new offensive line against that defensive line in the Buckeyes, it's going to be a problem. They're going to have trouble moving the ball and scoring. They're going to have to hit big plays, which it'll test that uh, – New Ohio State secondary, they should be in for a real test on Saturday. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the secondary played extremely well last week. It was definitely better than what they played against Oregon State. Um, granted, they were playing Rutgers, and we all know Rutgers is trash. But um, I still expect um, Ohio State secondary to play up to the level that we're accustomed to seeing. Um, and getting pressure on them will de- certainly help the secondary play better. Um, Nick Bosa is an absolute elite player. Um, Draymond Jones is another guy that you have to look out for. B.B. Landers, he's been a constant fixture in the backfield. I mean, this defensive line is stacked, and I see a lot of problems for the TCU offensive line. Yeah, the high State's been, uh, been getting – I mean, their quarterbacks were 30 for 33 last week in a bad – um, bad weather game against, but it was against Rutgers, but whatever, 30 for 33 is hard to do, even on air for some guys. So I look for the Buckeyes to put the ball in the air, but still maintain that semblance of balance with also running the ball very effectively with Dobbins and Weber in the backfield. Yeah, Haskins has been absolutely elite um, to start the, start the year. He looks like he has absolute command of the offense. I expect nothing um, nothing less than a good game from him in this game um, with what he's shown me so far. Um, I honestly, right now, um, I don't think we really need a Tate Martell package, but I like the Buckeyes keeping him involved because it's given us a different wrinkle in the offense. Um, and the receivers seem to be playing even better with Haskins at quarterback than they did with JT Barrett at quarterback because um, Haskins is more of a thrower than he is a, a, a runner. Um and they they seem to be throwing the ball downfield a lot more. So, yeah, I definitely expect that. Um, and then the to your comment about the run game, yeah, I think, I think Ohio State loves to keep a balance. They are a power spread offense. Um, J.K. Dobbins and uh, Mike Weber have been phenomenal to start the year, and I think that they're going to run all over this defense. Yeah, do you think um... – there will be a number one receiver emerge from this group, or do you think they'll just keep spreading it around, you know, six, four, five catches for about four or five different guys? You know, um, I don't know. I don't really know. I think if there's anybody who's going to emerge, it's two guys. It's Terry, Terry McLaurin and it's Paris Campbell. Um, right now they've been getting the, they've, they've gotten the majority of the work early on in games and then have been faded late. Um, but honestly, right now, I really feel like they're just going to keep spreading the ball around because there's so many playmakers. I mean, you really – and I just – I think it, with us not having a true number one and spreading the ball around, um, I think it helps the offense a lot more because then it makes it, it more difficult for a defense to figure out who to cover on what play. Yeah, they never had – they don't have a true – uh, established number one yet. Um, like you said, um, Terry McLaurin and Paris Campbell have been getting the majority of the targets. Um, but, you know, they have guys who are getting four, five, six catches, and they have three or four or five of them. So it's, it helps. I believe that helps. I'm with you on that point. I think it helps Haskins because he doesn't have a go-to guy he's always looking for, and also their defense doesn't have a guy they have to worry about. They have to worry about everybody because Haskins is really spreading that ball around the field. Uh, well, yeah, but, uh, and if you notice, Haskins is um, go- having to go through his reads, which is, um, I mean, honestly, that's what uh, pro 
pro uh, pro scouts look for in quarterbacks. Um, and you know, he's he's not just staring down one receiver, so he's constantly looking everywhere. And a guy like KJ Hill has feasted on that, or like you're saying, he's gotten like six plus receptions every game. Yeah, just looking at their stats right now, they have. I mean, they got KJ Hill, like you said, leads with 11 receptions. Uh, Terry McLaurin leads in the yards with five catches for 172. But um, they got guys five catches, eight catches, nine catches, three, two, two. I mean, they got a, 55 catches, and they got about 10 or 11 guys within the mix of getting those catches. Um, one thing Ohio State's defense is going to have to um, contend with is Sean Robinson, the quarterback at TCU. He not only does he lead them in passing, obviously, as a quarterback, but he also leads them getting 11 yards of carry against the run. So running quarterbacks always scare me a little bit, and they always tend to – they can spread you out, and then they can run the quarterback. So that always gives me a little pause. That may, that's something the defense will have to be concerned about. Yeah, it's def- oh, it's definitely a concern. I mean, Sean Robinson is not is nothing to sneeze at. He's a former four-star pr- prospect out of the class of 2015. Um, he was ranked 198 in that class, so he's definitely a talented quarterback. Um, but um, with that being said, Ohio State has a lot of speed on defense, um, and if the linebackers can contain him, um, I feel like his dual threat ability won't be a problem. Um, and Ohio State teaches good tackling at all levels of the defense. So a lot of the times our secondary are very good tacklers. As you witnessed last year, Denzel Ward was one of the best tacklers in the secondary. Jordan Fuller, who returned this year, is one of the best tacklers. So if if for whatever reason he gets into this secondary or gets past the linebackers, I, I don't I think I have faith in the secondary that they'll be able to stop him. Yeah. Is there any um Injury concerns with the Buckeyes offensively or defensively? Anybody going to dinged up, maybe miss a little time here or not? Are they a full strength? Um, I have not heard anything. Um, as far as I know, Tough Borland is still um, recovered. He's pretty much fully recovered from an Achilles injury, um, which is strangely fast for an Achilles injury. But um, so far, so good on the injury front. All right. Well, now's the time, Charles. We always like to get it every week from you. What's your score prediction for the Buckeyes and the Horned Frogs this Saturday? I got the Buckeyes in this one, um, 56-17. Oh, 56-17. So the Buckeyes are going to continue their 50-point march. They put 50 on the, the Beavers of Oregon State, put 50 last week on the Scarlet Knights, and Charles is telling you they're going to put 50 again on the Horned Frogs at TCU. Well, I, I think it's going to be an exciting game, and I can't wait till Saturday night prime time on ABC with College Game Day down in Dallas. So that's going to be an exciting one to see. This, But on Sunday, I'm calling this the biggest game of Tyrod Taylor's career, going down to the Saints. In my opinion, he has to have a huge game for the Browns, to, for the Browns going forward and on Sunday to win. Oh, I completely agree. Um, like, I, I, I honestly, I got a little annoyed with Tyrod last week. Um, he just, there were some plays where he could have used his mobility to get out of um, sacks. Um, there are times where he underthrew the ball when he ha- when his receivers had a step. Um, and 
those are plays I feel like Baker would have made. And I'm not I'm not a- advocating for Baker to come in right now because I still believe that they should wait. But this is definitely huge because if he doesn't have a good game here, the clamor for Baker is gonna it's gonna get louder. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, he's he missed some throws last week. He missed open guys, held the ball uh, a bunch, um, and got sacked because of it. Um, I mean, he the the thing with Tyrod is he doesn't t- turn the ball over, but the knock on him, the counterpoint to that is the knock is that he takes a lot of sacks, and he got sacked. He his pocket presence wasn't that good last week, and I mean this team here, he has the most weapons he's ever had with Gordon, Landry, and Joku. Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, all kind of weapons. And they had 24 yards passing at halftime. I know it was raining, whatnot, but still, 24 yards passing. I mean, at some point, you got to just drop back and throw the ball to Josh Gordon and let him make a play. But I think this is a big week because, like you said, um, if they don't – he doesn't have a big statistical game, have a great game in the eyes of the coaches. I think, you're, like you said, the clamor for Baker is going to be, become a little bit louder. I mean, he was the number one pick overall. And um, they'll have a perfect time after they play the Jets week three on a Thursday. They'll have 10 days to be able to get Baker ready for the Raiders the following week. So I think this is a huge uh, game for Tyrod because of that, but also because he's he's not going to be on the team next year. He's in basically a contract year. So if he doesn't really finish out the year and have a big year, I don't know where he goes next year other than maybe a backup. Yeah, I completely agree. And like you were saying, Tyrod is he's known for not turning over the ball, um, but he's also known for a guy who takes a lot of sacks. And one of my criticisms of him has been is he doesn't have he has great mobility, but he doesn't have great escapability. And that's what Baker has that he doesn't. Baker has incredible pocket presence. Um and when he extends out of the pocket, he's always looking for a play down the field and somehow can avoid the sack of Tyrod just doesn't seem to do that. Um, and like you said, if he doesn't do good on Sunday, you know, you know, how's it going to look for him coming in the offseason? Because like you said, this is pretty much a free agent year for him. So he's got to impress some teams out there if he wants to get a job out there. Um, I look to see how he's going to – he's definitely going to have better conditions this time with him throwing in a dome. Um, and um, – but I agree, 24 yards passing at halftime last week, despite the weather, is still on. It, it's not something to write home about. You know, I, I, expect, I expect better from this offense, especially Todd Haley offense. And I expect Tyrod Taylor to, to do better in this game because of that. Yeah, here's, um, I don't know if you saw this, but here's Tyrod's last nine games, including, you know, so that was Buffalo last year in a one game with the Browns. 167 yards per game passing. 5.7 yards per attempt, five TDs, four interceptions, 54% completion rating, a rating of 71, and his record's 3-5-1. I mean, to me, that's a good sample size of, you know, he needs to do better. I mean, I, I get it in Buffalo. They were a run-first team, and he didn't have the weapons on the outside. But now with the Browns, um, they have the weapons on the outside and a good running game. So they need, he needs to show – this week in particular, that he can take the reins of this offense, make big plays. I mean, crying out loud, Brian Fitzpatrick and the Buccaneers scored 48 points last week. Um, I mean, if he can't, if we can't put up 30 this week at least, I mean, that's just, that's going to look bad for him. He's got to throw for a couple hundred, 250 yards. Um, you know, Landry, Josh Gordon, get them in the end zone. Uh, I mean, he just has to show more. 
and show more with this offense and get them going and score some points uh, going yeah. forward to be able to keep the job. Yeah, those those numbers you just read off, those are backup numbers. Um, and if a guy like like you said, Ryan's pick, which Fitzpatrick can put up 48 points and four-plus touchdowns, then Tyrod should be able to top that with ease because Tyrod is a way better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And if he doesn't show that, um, then it's likely that we could see Baker a lot sooner than we expected to see Baker. And honest, honestly, the Browns have ruined too many good quarterbacks. So I want to see Tyrod have a good day. Um, I, I, I want to wait. I'd rather wait and see Baker later in the season. But, you know, uh, teams have, have plans that are um, they're, they're shifted in different directions when guys don't perform. And t- right now, as you, as you rattled off with those stats, Tyrod is not performing, and he, he absolutely has to perform. Um, and if, like, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is putting up those numbers against the Saints defense, then Tyrod should have no problem putting up those numbers with guys like Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, um, Rashard Higgins, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, at David Njoku. That that's a lot of names right there, and a lot of playmakers on this Browns offense that um, we frankly haven't had in 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 years. And if Tyrod can't put up numbers with those guys, then what's the point of him starting? Exactly, and I think. Uh... They can start the season one one oh or oh oh one and one, and then with the Jets coming on Thursday and the Jets, I'll tell you what I watched them on Monday night and they looked every bit the part. Sam Darnold looked every bit uh, NFL quarterback. They looked real good. Um, they scored forty eight points themselves. So I mean that's that's at home Thursday night. That's gonna be a rough one. So they can start oh oh two and one after the Jets. I mean Hugh Jackson is gonna start playing start playing guys for his job and. You might see Baker Mayfield in there after third, after the third game if they don't um, pick it up on offense. And can you imagine the criticism that the Browns would face if we lost to Sam Darnold and the Jets? You know how many people would be out there saying, oh, you should have took Sam Darnold. Oh, you should have took Sam Darnold. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's going to be ridiculous. But um, I actually – just in the, I wanted Tyrod to start, but in the back of my mind I thought, you know, if Baker could beat him out for the opening – for the job from the get go, and him and Darnold could face Week Three, that would be pretty cool. But oh, that would be an awesome matchup. Um, like you said, uh, Sam Darnold looked poised in his first game of the year, and the Jets put up forty-eight points. And that wasn't just the offense; that was their defense and their special teams playing all through that game. So they played a complete game. So they're they're going to be a tough matchup too. Oh yeah, that's that's Thursday night. That's down the road, but um. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, the other side, can the Browns' defense keep playing uh, the way they've been playing? I thought they played a whale of a game on Sunday against the Steelers, and Denzel Ward came to play, and the secondary came to play, and the linebackers and D-line played well. Can they slow down Drew Brees in that offense in the dome? Because, I mean, the Saints put up 40 points, too. They got to beat 48 to 40, but they scored a boatload of points. Um, can we slow them down to maybe get our first victory? In a couple years. Yeah, and you know, that's the question because um, James Conner ran for 135 yards against us and had 50-plus receiving yards, I believe, on five receptions and two touchdowns um, rushing. And then so you got – they have a – that's – the Saints have one weapon right there in Alvin Kamara who is a guy who catches passes and runs the ball really well. 
can we stop him in this game? And that's a big question for us right now. Can we stop him? And yeah, we had six turnovers and we played a we played a hell of a game last week. But um, this Saints offense is no joke. Um, and then another matchup that I'm looking forward to is uh, Denzel Ward versus Mike Thomas. I mean, Mike Thomas had 16 receptions for 180 yards and a touchdown last week. Um, now Denzel Ward pretty much held Antonio Brown in check, but he still went for six receptions, 90 plus yards and a touchdown last week. Um, if Mike Thomas can do that, that's still an impact in the game. So Denzel Ward is definitely going to have to have his A game. And he definitely looked like a season pro last week. Oh, um, it, those two picks he had were fantastic. The first one was a veteran play. He read Ben's eyes and stopped and came back when he saw Ben thrown back across the field and came back and intercepted that ball in the red zone. It was, that was a fantastic – that was a veteran play right there. Yeah, and um, oftentimes rookies – the the hardest position for rookies to transition to in the NFL is quarterback and cornerback. And Denzel Ward looked like an absolute seasoned pro bowler vet out there. Um, it gives me confidence with him going against Mike Thomas and, and any number one receiver in the league that um, our secondary is strong. Um, our pass rush has got to be able to get to Drew Brees. I think that's a key right now. If our pass rush can get to Drew Brees and cr- um, create some pressure, we can create some more turnovers and we can stop this offense, but it's, you know, at this, this point, the saints are an elite offense. So, I mean, we're just going to have to wait till Sunday to find out and they are playing in the dome. So we won't have the benefit of weather this time. So let's see how they play. Yeah. It's going to be a great game down there in new Orleans. Um, it's, you know, it feels a little bit like we're kind of, we're marching on the way we're improving. We tied our arch rivals week one in a, crappy weather game we ended up getting a tie there but now going down to new orleans if we can somehow go down there hold our own offensively play a little defense and sneak out a win there coming into the jet one one oh and one with the jets in the third week i think you would see the tide start to turn this is a big it's a big game also for the organization because if they go down there lay an egg get beat 34 to 14 let's say then all of a sudden you start feeling oh no here we go again you know, you're starting oh, to, you're going to start getting that feeling, and I think this is a big game not only for Tyrod but also for the entire organization. Oh, I completely agree. Um, as a Browns fan, I probably would be saying the same thing if we lost again. I mean, honestly, after the tie, that's the way I felt. I mean, that tie was hard to swallow um, for me personally because I, I we had a chance to win that game, and freaking TJ Watt got through and ruined the game for us. So you know, this is. Huge, and if we go and like you said, if we go and lay an egg, you know, this is going to look horrible on the organization, and a lot of fans are going to be like, "Well, here we go again." Um, it's just a tie; just didn't seem right for the end of that game. And if we come out and we lose this game, I don't even know what I'm gonna what what I can believe in this team at this point. Yeah, because then it's a four day turnaround into the Jets, and the Jets to me look like a legitimate team with a legitimate quarterback and. Um, Hugh Jackson may not make it after the Jets either. We might see a different coach and a different quarterback after week three with the Browns. But here's hoping we go down there and play play well in the Dome, get the offense going, play some defense, and come out of the Bayou with a, with a W. Charles, I know you're a big fantasy football guy, and so am I. So let's give the listeners a few fantasy matchups to exploit this weekend. Um, the first one I got would be the Washington offense. Anybody on that offense 
quarterback Alex Smith, Adrian Peterson, and Chris Thompson against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, it looked like after they went to Arizona, it looked like that offense was rejuvenated. Um, Adrian Peterson looks like he's he found a fountain of youth and is running well. Um, I like that. I like their matchup against the Colts this week. Yeah, um, I like that too. Um, another matchup that I'm um, looking at right now. Um, after the Ravens showing against the Bills defense last week, I'm looking at the Chargers versus the Bills this week. Um, the Bills defense looks like absolute garbage. Um, I feel like uh, Melvin Gordon is going to get a lot of run in this game if this d- doesn't get too far out of hand too early. Uh, Melvin Gordon is um, somebody who can run the ball and, and catch the ball, so he's a great at in PPR leagues. Um, and then you obviously have a guy like Phillip Rivers and Keenan Allen. So I'm looking at the Chargers offense as um, an offense that can – as someone to exploit um, – and explode in uh, week one, in week two. All right, week two. I also like the Chiefs uh, tight end Travis Kelsey at uh, the Steelers last week. The Chiefs put up thirty eight points, and Kelsey played every snap, but he only finished with one catch for six yards. Um, I don't see that happening again this week against the Steelers safeties. Um, Pat Mahomes is coming into his own. Uh, I feel like they're going to target Travis Kelsey a bunch this week at the Steelers. That's a good, yeah, that's a good one. Um, another a guy that I like specifically this week, I love Emmanuel Sanders this week. He had great rapport with um, Case Keenum last week. Um, he's going to be playing the Raiders, and he's going to see a lot of Rashawn Melvin covering him, and Rashawn Melvin is absolute trash as a cover corner. So Emmanuel Sanders is going to be able to exploit that matchup. And I'm looking at a big day for him. And he's somebody who I'm definitely looking at in not only seasonal fantasy, but also daily fantasy right now. Um, I like the Jets are playing the Dolphins. So I'm, I'm big on And what we mentioned earlier in the pod, Sam Darnold looking like a pro. Um, he's got his first home game against the Dolphins. Um, I think he's going to come out and really put some big points up on the board again. The Dolphins aren't. Are very good, um, so I'm, I'm liking Sam Darnold and the Jets just to score a bunch of points again this week uh, against the Dolphins. Um, yeah, and if there's definitely um, one matchup you can throw away from last week, and that's the Dolphins play against the Tennessee Titans because of all the weather delays. Um, another guy that another team a team that I'm looking at right now to perform better this week is I think the Eagles are going to perform better because the Buccaneers can't – the Buccaneers, frankly, can just not cover. I mean, look who the – the Saints put up 40 points against them. So I'm looking for Nick Foles and the Eagles um, and a guy like Zach Ertz um, with another week to really explode this week. Um, Alshon Jeffrey will not be playing again. So I think um, Zach Ertz should be somebody that you should definitely play in. And also a guy like Nelson Aguilar. I mean, he um, had – eight receptions, I believe, last week. Um, look for him to play a big role in this one. Um, well, yeah, one guy, one team I would avoid any offensive players taking would be the Arizona Cardinals. They're at the Rams, and the Rams defense is we, – we, we talked about them. They're just fantastic. Um, the Cardinals, I mean, they, they inspired no one last week. They got hammered by the, the Redskins, and this Rams team is just better than – them so I'm I would stay away from anyone on the Cardinals uh, offense as far as fantasy points. 
A sneaky play for the Cardinals might, might be Ricky Seals-Jones, though, because um, Jared Cook for the Raiders went off when uh, Derek Carr didn't have anywhere else to go. Yeah, yeah, Jared, Jared Cook took advantage of the Rams a little bit last uh, last week, but I'm not sure um, Sure, old Wade Phillips got that fixed, and I'm not sure the Cardinals can do as many things as the Raiders did to, to get him to get yeah. the tight end open. Yeah, um, uh, one uh, people that I'd be steering away from this week is honestly the Cowboys, um, and with the exception of Zeke Elliott, I'm staring I'm staring away from any of the Cowboys receivers. They just laid an egg against the Carolina Panthers. They got the Giants this week, um, who I think the Giants are gonna. I think the Giants are personally gonna win this game on Sunday night. And um, Dak Prescott looks inaccurate and. Um, couldn't get the ball to his receivers in this game, so I'm avoiding all Cowboys receivers. Yeah, in fantasy this week, I've, I've never been a big fan of Dak Prescott. I mean, he's a fourth round pick for a reason, and I mean, they, we saw what happened last year in the year when uh, Zeke Elliott was suspended, um, and they couldn't run the ball, and more of the offense was laid on his shoulders. And just not impressed with Dak Prescott. And I'm with you. Therefore, I wouldn't take any of his his receivers and. And fantasy for that reason alone, because the quarterback is very inaccurate. Uh, moving ahead to yeah. to maybe our favorite segment of all time now is the NFL Pick'em. Last week I was ten and five, while Charles you were eight and seven. Um, let's start here. We're going to the NFC South first at one o'clock. We got the Panthers at the Falcons. The Falcons are favored by five and a half points. Um, who do you got? Um, so the, the spread is, uh, plus six for Carolina and minus six for Atlanta. Um, I think, um, I personally think, uh, Carolina is going to come out on top in this one. Atlanta's offense laid an egg against the Eagles. It's, um, a lot of it, I think is the offense coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian. Um, Carolina's defense played really well against, um, Dallas, um, they've always had a really good defense, so I think Carolina comes out on top. Yeah, I think Carolina covers the spread. Um, I couldn't believe last week I was watching and Atlanta got into the red zone and targeted Julio Jones no times. Um, that didn't make much sense to me. But I like Carolina to keep this one close because they do play great defense. And uh, I think they're going to keep this close because of the familiarity with the Falcons and the Falcons still finding themselves on offense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I really think Christian McCaffrey, with Greg Olson being out, is going to um, play a huge factor in this game um, with him. Last year when Greg Olson went down, he uh, he got t- he added two-plus more receptions to his game. So I think uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to play a big role in this game along with Cam Newton. And it looks like uh, North Turner is really – wanted to use Cam Newton's legs as he carried the ball 13 times for 58 yards last week. So I expect Carolina to be out on on top. I, I think the final score is 24 to 13. All right. Moving to the the other one o'clock games, the Colts at the Redskins, the Redskins are favored by five and a half points. Um, it's at in Washington. I like the Redskins in this one. Um, I just Adrian or not Adrian Peterson anymore, but um, the Redskins offense. Yeah, he is. Um, the Redskins offense is, is rolling. They went out to Arizona and rolled them. Now they're back at home. The home crowd, the Colts are coming off. They're coming off a win, but they're a little. They're still a little shaky. Give me the Redskins covering in this one. 
Actually, the Colts actually lost last week, by the did way. They? Oh. Yes, they did. Yeah. Um, so, Andrew Luck, looked, Andrew Luck looked good last week. He did, No doubt he definitely looked good coming off major sh- a major sh- uh, shoulder injury. Um, I also expect the Redskins to win this one because they looked very good last week. Um, Alex Smith looks like he has a- absolute command of Jay Gurdon's offense. Jay Gurdon is an offensive guru. Um, the Colts, they just don't have a defense ready to compete right now. So I expect the Redskins to win this one, and I expect them to win it. Uh, I I expect it to win to be a close one, though, just because um, the Colts have the type of offense that can compete with the best of them right now. Yeah, if um, Andrew Luck can get hot and um, move the team a little bit, they, the Colts definitely have a chance. But I do like um, I do like the Redskins in that game because they can run it, and Alex Smith is just a game manager. And I think the Redskins at this point, second week of the season, are just better right now. Um, moving- yeah, and you, you, you know what? Chris Thompson is an absolute X factor for the Redskins right now, who looked really good last week, and he's definitely somebody that I'm looking for- forward to playing in fantasy too. So I think um, the Colts are going to have problems with him. They're going to have problems with Adrian Peterson, and the Redskins should win this game. Is it too early to call this one an elimination game? The Texans at the Titans – both 0-1. The loser goes 0-2 uh, and has an uphill climb. They want to be in a contention and make a, try to get a wild card or make the playoffs. But Texans at the Titans. Titans are one-point favorites. Um, who do you like in this one, Charles? I like the Texans in this one. Personally, I think the Titans will definitely play better this week. Um, like I said earlier with the Dolphins game, that there was a lot of uh, sitting and waiting, a lot of delays and stuff like that. I definitely see the Titans playing better. But I think Deshaun Watson is going to come out and play an absolute monster game, and the Texans come out on top. I like the Texans also because of Deshaun Watson. I like Deshaun Watson over Marcus Mariota. Um there, you know, there's reports out that he's a little banged up, but um, I just think the Houston team is more talented. Their defense is more talented. They have DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller on the outside. They have some weapons out there for Watson. So I like the Texans winning this one probably by a touchdown. And not moving. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a two touchdown win, though. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, I can see, I can see that happening, um, depending on weather in Tennessee. We're moving to the defending Super Bowl champions uh, at the three-point favorites at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I like the Eagles to win this one and win this one by a ton. Uh, I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick can uh, duplicate what he did last week against the Saints. So give me the Eagles uh, going away. I agree. I think the Eagles win this one, and it's not even close. Um, I don't. I agree that I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick can do what he did last week. I think it was just pure luck. Um, honestly, I don't even think the Saints secondary is that bad um, for him to do that. So um, I think the Eagles, the defending Super Bowl champs, they definitely win this one, and I think it's a three-touchdown win. Oh, and now the, now the Chiefs, we talked about this game earlier, the Chiefs at the Steelers. Steelers in their home opener, five-point favorites. Um, who do you like in this one? This one's a tough call for me because um, the Steelers can um, – they can cover. Um, and um, But the Chiefs have a lot of speed, and they have a matchup nightmare in Travis Kelsey. Um, 
I'm thinking that if um, the Chiefs can't get the run game going and they can't get Tyreek Hill open, the Steelers would win this one. But I got Kansas City in this one. I'm with you on that. I like Kansas City. I think they, they're going to be able to score on the Steelers. Um, Mahomes is coming to his own, coming into his own. Like you said, the big tight end, Travis Kelsey. Uh, Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. Tyreek Hill on the outside. It's just going to be – I think the Chiefs win this one. I think that they kick a field goal late to win it. But I also like the Chiefs. Yeah, Mahomes looked like an absolute superstar against that Chargers defense. Um, it looks like they got a hell of a pick in him. Um, I think Kareem Hunt is going to do better in this game. Um, and I think Tyreek Hill is just going to be proved to be too quick for this Pittsburgh secondary. And as we talked about earlier, the Dolphins are coming to the Jets. The Jets are three-point favorites in their home opener. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the pod. But I like the Jets uh, to win this one, probably win this one big. Darnold's uh, coming in. He's the real deal. Uh, their offense seems really good. Their defense is scoring. Their special teams, I think they're well coached by Todd Bowles. So give me the Jets and the points, and I think the Jets are going to win this one going away. Yeah, I got the Jets too. Um, personally, I just think uh, Miami had the advantage last week, like, like I've said repeatedly, the delays and all that. Um, that really threw them off. Miami's defense is garbage. Um, their offense is mediocre at best. Um, I just I see the Jets go, starting two and zero in this one. Um, Sam, Sam Darnold looked poised and under control last week, um, especially after throwing an early interception. Isaiah Crowell, our old friend Isaiah Crowell, looks great. I expect the ten yards per carry to come down, but. Um, I still expect him to have a high impact in this game. Um, so I got the Jets um, by at least a field goal in this one. And this one, I, I, I'm pretty sure both of us are going to agree on this one. The Chargers at the Bills, I know they're road favorites, but give me the Chargers. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I mean, the Bills aren't very good. They're just not good. The Chargers are better, and they're going to win this going away. Oh, I, I give me the Chargers all day in this one. Um, I do not believe in the Bills. Um, I would stay away from LeSean McCoy in any fantasy aspect this week until the Bill, Bills can prove otherwise that they can do something offensively. It looks like Josh Allen is going to get the start. So I definitely got the Chargers in this one. And I got them by three touchdowns. This might be the best game of the weekend, depending on health. But the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers Packers are one-point favorites. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a little a little gimpy, but he's expected to play. Um, I like that Vikings defense. The Bears gave the Packers or yeah gave the Packers fits last week, and so the Packers ended up coming back and winning. But I think this one's for NFC North supremacy. So give me the Vikings at Green Bay, winning this on a late field goal. Well, we agree again because I got the Vikings in this one too, but I got them by a touchdown in this one. Um, I think the Packers are definitely, with Aaron Rodgers, obviously they're going to keep this one close. Um, the Vikings have an elite defense. The Packers do not. Um, give me the Vikings by a touchdown lead. And the big one this week, This week everybody's going to be watching. The Brownies are Brownies at the Saints. Saints are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Um I got to go. The Browns are going to cover. They may not win, but they're going to cover that eight and a half points. It's going to be a battle back and forth. I believe in Tyrod. Maybe it's false hope, but I believe in Tyrod's going to have a good game. 
with those weapons in a dome. They're going to be able to score points. They're going to be able to keep it close. Maybe be able to scrape a win out at the end, but it's going to be way closer than eight and a half points. So give me the Browns in this one. You know what? I'm with, I, I'm right there with you. Give me the Browns in this one. I think they cover, and I think they come out on top by a field goal. All right. Now we're on to the 4 o'clock games. The Detroit Lions at the 49ers. I think we're both going to agree on this one again. 49ers are five-and-a-half-point favorites over the Lions. Give me the 49ers. They're at home. Lions are garbage. Jimmy G's looking for a win. Um, his first win of the 2018 season. Shanahan is a good play caller. Give me the 49ers all day long. Oh, I absolutely love Jimmy G this week. Like you said, the Lions defense is absolute garbage. Um, I believe uh, Matt Stafford can um, definitely keep him in this game because the 49ers defense is not something to write home about. So I definitely think the Lions can put up some scores. But give me the 49ers in this game. And on another game, I think we're going to agree on this one too. There's a lot of agreements here. But the Arizona Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams are 12.5-point favorites. It's a big line in the NFL, 12.5 points. But Cardinals' offense is trash. Um, the Rams at home are not. Uh, they may shut out the Cardinals. So give me the Rams in this one also. Yeah, I got I got the Rams big in this one. Um, they're, uh, the spread is they're, – they're, uh, they're minus 13. Um, I do not expect the Rams to cover in this one, and they they don't have a great um, offense, and they don't have a great defense, so I expect the Rams to come out on top. And uh, this is a rematch of the AFC Championship game, the Patriots at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Patriots are road favorites, two-point favorites. Um, give me the Jaguars. I just have a feeling I like them. Jalen Ramsey's going to back up some of his smack talk. Um they have the best defense in the league, and they can take away. You know, they they, they played the Patriots just just a little bit ago. Patriots are out without Edelman. Uh, give me the Jaguars in this one. I think they get enough offense to get this one done. It'll probably be a low scoring affair, but give me the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this one. Oh, our first disagreement. I have the Patriots in this one. Um, Fournette might not be playing. Um, if Fournette doesn't play. I feel like that's going to be advantage Patriots. Um, yeah, they don't have Edelman, but they still have Gronkowski. They still have Chris Hogan. Um, they have, they still have weapons on offense everywhere. Um, give me the Patriots in this one by at least a field goal. Um, I think Jacksonville definitely covers because of their defense. But um, if you remember last year, um, Patriots beat these guys in the playoffs, and I think Tom Brady does it again. TB12. With the victory, it's Patriots start 2-0. All right, moving out west, the Oakland Raiders at Denver Broncos. The Broncos are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, this is a tough one because Oakland, they, didn't, they, were, they were good in the first half last Monday, then they were bad. I'm not a believer in the Broncos. Um, so give me the points. Give me Raiders uh, plus five-and-a-half, and I'll take the Raiders in this one getting the points because I just don't believe in the Broncos yet. Yeah, um, I gotta, I gotta believe before I, I gotta um, see it before I believe it. Um, Case Keenum threw three picks last week. Derek Carr also threw three picks. I think that was a little uncharacteristic unchar- of him. Um, Denver's secondary is not the same no fly zone that it has been over the couple years. I think Amari Cooper gets it done um, against his offense, or I mean against his defense. Um, 
I think if I, I called Emmanuel Sanders to have a big day. I think this is going to be an offensive shootout between the two teams, but I think the Raiders eventually come out on top and um, get the victory. Sunday night, the Giants at the Cowboys. I think we've seen this one in prime time before. But uh, the Cowboys are three-point favorites at home. The Giants are down in Jerry World. Um, three-point dogs to the Cowboys. Uh, I I don't know. It's This is kind of a toss-up game for me. Um, this is another elimination game because the loser goes 0-2 in the NFC East, and it could potentially put them out with the strength of that league or that division. But give me, give me the giant, or give me the Giants getting the points. I like them on the road. It could be a little bit better. Saquon Barkley looks like a stud. Uh, Eli Manning's probably coming into his own. Odell Beckham will be all right. Uh, I think they're going to score some points. So give me the Giants. I agree. Give me the Giants in this one. Um, Eli Manning is good. I think he's going to look um, elite against this uh, Dallas defense. Um, granted, they are a pretty decent defense but like you said Saquon Saquon Barkley as much as it pains me to say it looked really good last week Um, Odell Beckham had 11 receptions for 111 yards against Jalen Ramsey I don't think the Cowboys have anybody that can cover him so I think Eli comes in throws a couple touchdown passes and they cow and the Giants get out of this get out of this with a with a Sunday night primetime victory and the final the Monday night game is the Seahawks at the Bears, Bears are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, the Bears were pretty impressive last Sunday night um, against up, at, up in Green Bay. Khalil Mack coming off that edge. He'll now have two weeks under his belt with the Bears, so he should be a little bit better. The offense looked pretty decent. Uh, if they could have got one more play, they would have won that game. But give me the Bears and the points. Um, I just like the way they played. I'm not a believer in the Seahawks at all. Wow. I think we, we agreed on every pick except for the Patriots and the Jacks because I also have the Bears in this one. Um, I think Trubisky had a really good game last week. He didn't throw any touchdowns. I think that changes this week because he's facing a Seattle secondary that is not the same secondary. Um, their offense is still going to be missing Doug Baldwin. So um, I'm not a believer in Seattle right now either. Give me the points and give me Chicago this week. You're correct. We only disagreed on one game. So either we're going to both have tremendous weeks or bad weeks, um, but so we we yeah, we only disagreed on the one game, but that, that's my favorite. I love going down the schedule and, and analyzing every game and picking every game. That's my favorite segment we do. Um, yeah, I, I tell you what, I have a lot of fun doing this segment, and you know, um, it, you're, like you said, it's we're either gonna, both of us are either going to have a really bad week or we're going to have a really good week. Um, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see how we do the following week because uh, we had too many. We had a lot of similarities this week. Yeah, this week seemed like it. It's probably one of those weeks where it's uh, where it's a little bit uh, fool's gold, if you will, because it seemed like it was way too easy to pick those games, and uh, they don't build those big buildings out there in Las Vegas for nothing. These guys know what they're doing, but um, so exactly. Well, so this week, this weekend, big weekend, we got the Buckeyes down in Fort Worth playing TCU, uh, top 15 matchup, college game day will be there. Then we have the Browns down in uh, New Orleans playing the Saints, or, Bo- or Saints are 0-1, the Browns are 0-0-1, that's weird to say, by the way, um, looking for the Browns' uh, offense to break out, but 
this is going to be a, a great week. The Indians are getting it down. They're probably going to wrap up the division this weekend. They have magic numbers at two. I think the Twins play tonight. The Indians don't play on Thursday, but they play the, this weekend against Detroit. So they're going to wrap up the division. It's it's winding down. It's an exciting time of year again. We're going into the fall, and I couldn't be happier, Charles. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. Um, the Indians got me excited. Um, they have been struggling as of late, but you know what? The, they're going to wrap up the division. Um, I'm hoping Josh Donaldson gets on track pretty soon. Um, I'm excited about the Browns and what they're doing. Um, I think they're going to have a good showing in New Orleans. Um, and then the Buckeyes, you know, I, I think they're a team on a mission this year. Um, and the uh, Zach Smith, Urban Meyer situation only added more fuel to the fire. Um, and I think it's going to be a long season for any Buckeye opponent. That Any Buckeye opponent. Well, that does it for this week's 88 Problems in Sports 81 podcast. Brought to you by TheOhioSportsBlog.com. Tune in Sunday for, as we recap all of our picks, the Buckeyes and the Browns, and we'll see you on Sunday.